This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Audition Showdown. Audition Showdown is a brand new platform. You can check them out on Instagram at Audition Showdown. And I'm very excited to announce that they have a song contest going on right now, this entire week, the week of August 10th. Uh, and all you gotta do is post a video of yourself performing either an original song or a cover song uh, sometime between August 10th and August 14th. And make sure that in the caption, you include the hashtags MyAudition and Audition showdown there are daily prize winners who will be selected by a panel and judged on their post engagement and the quality of the song in the video and the top 15 entries will be reposted by audition showdown on august 17th with a grand prize winner selected by a panel and judged on post engagement until august 21st so you can win a hundred dollars for one of the daily prizes or up to a thousand dollars for the grand prize again that's audition showdown at audition showdown on instagram go do it if you're a music person if you're not you should still check them out because you'll probably see a lot of cool stuff. All right, on with the show. I'm Andrew Henderson, and my favorite Up for Discussion memory was listening to Jeremiah talk about their experience with hallucinogenics. Congrats on five years, everyone. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 284 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. Happy Shark Week 2020! I cannot guarantee we will talk at all about sharks on this episode, but I can guarantee a good time. So let's uh, go around the virtual table and find out who all is here and of course, what's up for discussion this week. I'm Tom Zalatni, my pronouns are they, them, and I will be talking about the Saga Antelope. I'm Alex Smith, my pronouns are he him but also i really i'm open use whatever you feel like uh and i'll be talking about japanese internet memes of the late 2000s exciting but before we get into all of that we want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where i'm recording and also the apartment where alex is are situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the gangagahaga first nations as settlers it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset um so we want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land that you live on and with the indigenous communities thereof how are you doing alex welcome back It's been a while. It has been a while. I think the last time would have been in January or December. It was that of last year. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, December possibly. Yeah. I feel like I was in recording. Like I did one of these uh, in between a Fraser and a Jeopardy. Okay. Okay. That gives us a little bit of a timestamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you been on since we started Natural Duty? I may have been on like after we recorded the first couple of episodes but before they came out cuz I distinctly oh. remember you asking me to plug something okay. and then I didn't plug anything <laughs> because the show hadn't come out yet and I hadn't thought of it. Right. No, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. I think that that tracks cuz I think we've had like we had themes pretty consistently for the first little chunk of uh 2020 so it mm-hmm. wouldn't have that wouldn't have made sense. Well, yeah, so um, welcome back in a new Thank year. You. Let's uh, tell people a little bit about Natural Toonie before we dive into our Patreon topic. Absolutely. Natural Toonie is the um, is the open form, real play, 
Dungeons and Dragons ish homebrew <laughs> a lot uh, podcast that we run here on the Upford Network, uh, DM'd by yours truly uh, in one of our campaigns and by theirs truly in the other campaign. I do like theirs truly as a as a second person alternative for yours truly. I like that. W- would that make us ours truly, the two of us? Yes. Okay. Okay. I can dig it. Yeah, so Natural Tuny is our D&D show that, uh, yeah, like you said, the two of us DM separate campaigns within the same fictional universe, which is fun. Mm-hmm. We've been at it since January officially, but a little before that, obviously. And uh, Yeah, I think we started recording in November or Octo- late October of last year. Yeah. Certainly we were planning it, like having meetings in person by late October. Yeah, that sounds right. I think we maybe didn't get our first session in until November. That makes sense. Yeah, because it took us a little while to like find Becca. That was the yeah. main <laughs> the main thing. We were like, we need another player. Let's put out a call for it. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you. You know, again for joining us on up for discussion tonight. I uh, I appreciate it. I feel like episodes where you're here always get like the right amount of weird. You know, not that's to like put pressure on it at the top, but that's oh, the expectation oh, oh. today. That's generally what I aim for in my life. So I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> Sweet. Um, well, do you want to go first with the Patreon topic answers? I guess we should probably also tell people what the Patreon topic is before we do that. Perhaps. Uh, so, uh, what a good guess. Yeah. We could only add in the question at the end. Oh, that's kind of fun. It's like Jeopardy, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I will take the Patreon topic for a thousand, Alex. Uh, our Patreon topic for this episode comes from Kendallin, who asks, can you talk about the strange or menial topics that you return to often? Uh, she adds, I somehow managed to get reinterested in the sinking of the Titanic every year for like two plus weeks at a time. So what about you? What's a, what's a thing that you come back to frequently? One place where uh, I like to go if I'm feeling nostalgic or like a weeb or like a linguist, or frequently like all of those at the same time, is Nico Nico Doga, or Nico Nico. It's been Nico Nico for over a decade, and I still call it by its old name because I'm old. <laughs> um, it's like Japanese YouTube. Okay. Uh, in fact, it started off life uh, as a, basically a connection between 2chan and YouTube, so that 2chan users could watch YouTube videos together and put comments up in real time. Oh, that's cool. Basically, the whole conceit is that it's like you're watching with other people even when nobody else is watching at the same time as you because comments are pegged to timestamps and scroll across the screen like through the video at the moment they were commented. I like that. So you get to see what everybody was thinking, how they were reacting to individual things as they happen in whatever you're watching. And like, it's super fun. Uh, Speaking as a lonely person about something made by a nation of lonely people, it lets you feel like you're in a room full of friends. Hmm. Weird, weird friends who only speak Japanese, but I quite enjoy it. Yeah, I I like that. I think, so you said this is from like the early 2000s? The site itself originated, um, well, with YouTube, so around sure, yeah. 2008, I want to say. Okay. Uh, 2008 or 2007. That mm-hmm. sounds right. I think I discovered YouTube in 2006 or seven. That sounds right, yeah. But I found Nico Nico around the same time, and okay. as somebody who's, like, you know, 
been studying Japanese on and off for too long, can read and write it, but never gets quite enough practice. It's perfect because I can just launch in and practice learning memes and expressions that will absolutely never be relevant <laughs> in my life, but expand my understanding of the language. Yeah, I like that. I think that's also interesting. I, I just found it on Wikipedia, um, and uh, it looks like it launched in December of 2006, so that, that tracks. Okay. Um, but I, I think there's something really neat about the idea that back in 2006, they were doing the like time-stamped comments that people can see in real time while consuming something later um which like is a thing now i think a little bit more like we're getting mm -hmm. we have things like netflix party um instagram live videos tend to show <laughs> exactly the, like, yeah like you get those recorded comments with the timestamp. so if you watch someone's live video like 20 you know within 24 hours mm -hmm. you get that same experience but that really like I think anyway, really only started to be common for our current like social media sites, like within the past like year or two. So for exactly. them to have been doing this 14 years ago is huge. On top of that, like from what I understand of like the formatting in terms of like InstaLive and Netflix parties, it's a lot simpler than what Nico Nico is capable of mm -hmm. in that like you have a lot more control over like font size, color, placement on screen, speed at which it scrolls across the huh. screen, um, all that kind of stuff. And so there's this entire like substrata of memistry um, in which like, you know, you're coordinating with other people to create like a wall of shooting stars in ASCII art because <laughs> that goes with the track at this point. Or like walls of comments that are themselves memes that riff off of what's happening in the video <laughs> i like that it it sounds chaotic but in a really like fun collective way exactly and it's part of what keeps me coming back to this website and what they do is how it's fostered sort of a sense of collaborative art between content creator and audience right and how that relationship sort of ends up a bit recursive and new stuff is constantly being generated out of that relationship so one thing that really sold me on Nico Nico a thousand years ago is the idea of the Nico Nico Doga Kumikyoku which is like a group musical piece sort of that is itself a compilation of mimetic tracks. Okay. The original pieces were like, oh, uh, we've assembled like 30 songs that are vaguely connected to existing meme videos on the website, and we've put them into a compilation and then released that. And once that got out there, everybody took the idea of this list of tracks and started getting together and doing like mass choirs but organized entirely over the internet with nobody meeting in person. It's right. actually a lot like what people are doing now, just, you know, nearly 15 years ago and with a lot more horse masks right. because nobody wanted to lose their jobs. Right, yeah, naturally. Whereas, like, yeah. what you see now is um, actually a friend of the show, Simon Clark, uh, Dr. Simon Clark, sorry, I forgot that the honorific is important. Um, he has been involved with, like, the Exeter Cathedral Choir over the years, and mm -hmm. um, the I think he just recently helped them put together a video like that uh, of, like, you know, the choir getting each person to film themselves singing 
you know, their part mm-hmm. and then splicing it all together. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's kind of fun, like seeing that this technology has existed for that long and that now it's kind of relevant, you know, like, I feel like there mm-hmm. are, <laughs> there are, there are a bunch of things like that, that like, kind of feel like they're hitting their stride because of our current situation that like you know things like video call software and like you know remote podcast recording like what we're doing like didn't used to feel like the ideal setup obviously like you know recording hundreds of voices from separate rooms and syncing them up as video is kind of cool but not necessarily efficient right (laughs) Um, but now that it's kind of become the like norm and the thing that we need it's like it's kind of neat to see that we've had the technology for as long as we have. Mm-hmm. Shall I keep going? I can I can ramble off about more individual and specific memes, like one of my favorites, sure, Billy Harrington, or as he's uh, often known, just Aniki, which is a uh, Big Brother. Okay. Uh, Billy Harrington was an American bodybuilder and uh, softcore gay porn actor. Sure. um, Who, as a result of a number of videos where he um, goes around in his underwear and uh, wrestles slash spanks some dudes in their underwear, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that became sort of like a go-to Japanese Rickroll, he quickly catapulted to internet celebritydom over in Japan, um, over like 10 years after his career as a porn actor was starting to go down. Well, and like, he's a thing. People have sculpted him in 3D animation and made him do everything under the sun. There are dozens to hundreds of videos that are just providing Japanese subtitles. I just used air quotes as if I weren't doing a podcast. That's okay. Um, imagine air quotes on the word subtitles. Right. Basically providing mondegreens of uh, what it sounds like he's saying. He's speaking English. They're, right. you know, transcribing what it sort of sounds like he's saying in Japanese, which is obviously nonsense as he, you know, goes around spanks and, um, you know, uh, produces the rules of uh, pantsless wrestling, wow. which is, of course, uh, the sport that these uh, subtitles fictitiously attribute to him. Naturally, um, yeah. He was a big enough deal that he actually flew to Japan multiple times uh, <laughs> later in life, having been invited there to attend, like, Nico Nico Con. Wow. Um, and, you know was met by tens of thousands of adoring Japanese fans who desperately wanted his autograph. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The internet was uh, deeply... Gre- oh, goodness, I speak English. Was uh, deeply saddened when he passed in a car accident a few years ago. Yeah, I was just reading that on uh, on Wikipedia. It sounds like... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 2018 in a, in a car wreck. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. it's It's amazing the things that, like can become a sensation that start out as kind of a joke you know yes i think that's uh it it was probably really cool for him to see that like you know after his career was over absolutely you know like Like, that's so much fun to to realize after all this time that all of a sudden you've become such a hit that people are producing like action figures of you in your shorts (laughs) right um is wild to me that's amazing yeah um well not to make a really weird and and morbid segue but um if we want to talk about uh (laughs) 
if we want to talk about people uh, dying for, you know, horrifying reasons. Um, we should move on to your topic. I guess. Oh, God. Usually my segues are so good and not morbid and weird, but that's where we are today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, so my thing, uh, when I saw Kendallin's question, my brain went, oh, crap, I have too many hobbies. I have I have too many interests and, like... I am someone who obsesses over things and so like you know honestly D&D is a thing that I like came back to on and off over the years and now I'm you know committed to <laughs> since we're doing a podcast about it but like if we were just playing there would there would be a chance that in like a few months I would fall off it and not think about it for years you know um, that's fair but I was trying to think of like okay what's something that I do this with that is like not a hobby specifically but is something that i find interesting and like mm. like to look into once in a while and uh the one that came up for me right off the right off the bat was um the saga antelope um so long time listeners of the show uh that is listeners who have been around since episode one uh will know that the saga antelope is uh something we've talked about before uh specifically on episodes 1 23 and 46 uh so it's been a while um <laughs> but the saga antelope basically is this species of antelope that um dies off in large numbers seemingly at random uh they've oh. been critically endangered for like a very long time as a result um and i was like okay well i wonder you know in light of kendallin's question i want to see what's up with the most recent news about the saga antelope Believe it or not, <laughs> um, they had a baby boom. Well, yeah, oh. yeah. This this past month, in fact. Um, so this episode comes out on August tenth. The saga antelopes. Uh, I found an article from the Earth Touch News Network uh, from July 9th. So very recent. This is the most recent information available at the time of recording about the saga antelope. Um, and it says there was a baby boom for the sock-nosed saga antelope, um, which is really exciting because they, again, are critically endangered. So a baby boom for them could be really good news. I've got to say, I was trying for a while to place in my mind exactly which animal the saiga antelope is right but upon specifying sock nosed i now know exactly what animal <laughs> you're talking about yeah i mean there's really not a better way to describe them <laughs> yep um yeah so so it's interesting um they are like i think primarily in like kazakhstan and and kind of neighboring areas um mm-hmm. they over the years like basically just every once in a while thousands of them die um so like it's it seems like it's never been enough to obviously like extinct them is that Mm -hmm. a verb i'm gonna say it is um but it's you know probably to to extinguish them i i want to say those two words are linked yeah that makes sense um yeah so you know they've never been like successfully extinguished by these like you know mass dyings but Mm -hmm. they do like you know it it calls a lot of the herd right uh right. and like for you know let's see here's here's some numbers here uh close to six thousand of them were counted in the population last year um which is you know encouraging because in 2015 yes. there were two thousand, which is around the time that we you know first started talking about them on the show mm-hmm. but back in the 80s there were it looks like there were you know hundreds of thousands of them so right. for for us to be seeing a you know a bump in in births of them now is kind of exciting because that's like more than that's more than triple i think if it's yep. from 2000 to 6000 that's uh, a 300 percent increase yeah and that's really cool because that you know if you think about like you know animals that are endangered 
a lot of the time there are conservation efforts. There are efforts by, say, you know, zoos and and park people. Uh, I'm trying to think of a scientific name, but you know, ecologists. There go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, animal science people. Yeah. Um, there, there are efforts to like protect endangered species, right? And like occasionally, there are efforts to like breed them in controlled environments and rehabilitate them and set them out in the world and kind of like help the species not die out as quickly. Um, but for a species that is critically endangered to do that to itself somehow i find that really encouraging when we're in a global pandemic and a lot of the world's population is dying i don't know that is kind of nice and i'm happy for the saga antelope that it has seen such fecundity and success (laughs) i um i will also say if people are into the saga antelope and its goofy nose um we actually uh one of our first merch designs one of our oldest merch designs uh on our merch store over at t public uh is a design based on the saga antelope so um you could amazing hit the merch link and check that out this was not all set up as a shameless plug for that but (laughs) i would be remiss if i didn't mention it um but yeah so so i was thinking about that and like i uh it's one of those things where i was kind of dreading it when i was sitting down to do the googling right because i was like there's a chance that i'm about to get so sad if i like Mm -hmm. you know because if the last time that we like seriously looked at the saga antelope on the show was episode 46 that's like four and a half years ago probably (laughs) yeah that is very nearly 250 episodes ago yeah and so like you know if that was the last time that we talked about them who knows what could have happened since right so sitting down to google you know (laughs) a species that last i checked was critically endangered i didn't have high hopes uh and i was uh i was really encouraged and and given happiness i guess by uh by this revelation so excellent yeah if i could share something uh, related to the topic of animals with silly noses that (laughs) vaguely links both your topic and mine always i learned yesterday uh as i frequently do find myself looking up japanese specific like names for animals birds insects things and then like breaking down what etymologically this name actually is sure yeah i discovered that weevils that is the insects with the silly noses mm-hmm. and the stupider antennas. Yeah. Um, weevils in Japanese are zomushi, which is literally elephant bug because of the stupid nose. Ah, I don't think mm-hmm. of that as an elephant nose, but but I get it. It's not really, but I mean, a lot of insects uh, in Japanese have sort of descriptive names that way, like mm. uh, beetles, for example. Uh, nope i've lost that thread let's <laughs> let's not go there fair enough i uh i'm looking at a picture of an acorn weevil right now and if, if people have never specifically seen this one i will say the acorn weevil specifically does have kind of an elephant thing going for it hmm. um and also looks like a horrifying D monster as indeed most weevils do i uh <laughs> i've been spending more time outside grilling this summer um i was the original version of that sentence was, I've been spending a lot more time outside this summer. You know, bury the lead a b- little bit. Um, sure. But I, uh, while I'm grilling, inevitably, like, I'm getting more acquainted with the bugs that live outside of my house mm. than I uh, ever have had any intention or desire to. Um, there are some real thick, real crunchy black beetles that fly around in our neighborhood, and I don't like them. And I, I have, have not uh, seen those. 
Well, uh, I'm starting to collect corpses near the grill because uh, they have flown at me several times and died as a result. Um, they are like toony sized almost, and like goodness, I don't, I don't want that. You know, I recently discovered that we have like big grasshoppers here in Montreal. Oh, I had never really? seen those in my life before. But then I was having a cigarette one night, and like. Uh, one of my roommates has begun to turn both of our balconies into uh, increasing amounts of garden just mm-hmm. by affixing as many, um, oh goodness, what do you call those? Planters? Planters. Thank you. I speak English. <laughs> by uh, attaching as many planters as possible to the railings. And it's been really bringing in a lot of insects that I'd never seen before, not unlike uh, your grilling experience. and. Right. I was having a cigarette the other night, and all of a sudden, there's a grasshopper on my door, and it's all of like four inches long. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's that's big. They apparently mm-hmm. can grow to seven centimeters, which is, I think, a, like six almost inches. No, that can't no, be right. seven centimeters is significantly less than six inches. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that would be like three inches, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was only three. Three Either way, it was much, much larger than I was hoping to run into. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, not... And they bite. So, like... What? Yeah. No. in general are people biters. No. I hate it. And not even, like, the mosquito kind of bite, where it's, you know, it's actually a pinprick. They have a mouth Uh. with mandibles that will lodge themselves in Uh. your flesh. Oh, God. I don't want to. I I hate that I'm googling grasshopper teeth, but I'm gro- I'm googling grasshopper teeth as we speak because I want to see a picture if they. Okay, that scared me for a second. One of the first pictures that shows up is a person's teeth, and I was oh. briefly horrified. Oh no! Oh no! Their actual teeth are worse than person teeth. They look painted on. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like that at all. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for this horrifying revelation. You're welcome. Grasshoppers are horrifying in so many distinct ways. It's always nice to find a new one. Stay tuned for a future episode of Natural Toonie where inevitably one of us will lead lead the adventurers toward a horrifying tooth-faced grasshopper. Mm-hmm. I would be interesting and ex- it would be interesting to explore um the psychology of what it means to become a swarming animal. When you're not natively a swarming animal, give uh, give the party the experience of becoming a locust. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You will. <laughs> well, that feels like a good place for us to end. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for doing this. It was good, uh, good oh, fun having my you. Pleasure. Do you have anything you want to plug before uh, before we wrap up? Well, any D and D podcasts uh, that you maybe host? Yeah, you should check out uh, Natural Toonie. We release a new episode every second monday yeah that is correct i i've been saying at least every other monday (laughs) okay yeah around every other monday on uh your podcatcher of choice uh i i use soundcloud i don't know what the other options are you probably do yeah we got apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher you know those those big boys i've never even heard of stitcher it uh for a while it was what i understood to be the platform that people with androids used um i think that was massively before spotify started doing podcasts interesting yeah but yeah check us out it's very canadian (laughs) and by that I mean it's mostly just the contents of my horrifying Canadian brain yeah. spewed out onto the internet 
onto uh, via a group of uh, mostly willing participants. Someone asked us like what makes it Canadian on on Twitter a little while ago because uh, somebody had given us a shout out and said it was a Canadian D and D podcast, and uh, you know, given that like a solid half of our cast are not Canadian, uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's it's set in Canada, it's set in a fictionalized Canada. And sometimes there are nods to that. Yeah, it's CanCon in so much as that, like, the creative forces behind the development of this world are Canadians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's Canadian produced, if not entirely yeah. Canadian hosted. And uh, our campaign is entirely Canadians, is it not? Ours is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other campaign is mostly Americans. Anyway, oh, it, yeah. it's fun. It's good. People should check it out. Mm-hmm. It's, uh the most creatively fulfilling project I have going on right now. Oh, I just saw that you sent me the picture of the grasshopper teeth. That's horrifying. Right? Like, they don't look like what you'd expect them to look like, but also, I don't know what I would expect them to look like, so... Yep. But they look like somebody has drawn a mask of a grasshopper and kind of took a guess as to what its teeth should look like. Mm, I'm hoping they guessed wrong, but I doubt it. Yeah, me too. Well, if you guys like this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, if you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, who sent in our question today and is actually also on Natural Toonie, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. You'll get early access to bonus content, behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And, like I said... Patrons get to ask us questions that help us decide the themes for the episodes of the show, so you kind of become a co-producer, except you don't get a credit for it. Patreon.com slash up for discussion. Do it. We also have merch. Like I said before, you can get a Saiga antelope t-shirt that says literally dying on it. Uh, It's like a hipster antelope. It's fun. It's wearing flannel. You know, it's also kind of (laughs) Canadian. This Kazaki antelope is Canadian now, I guess. Anyway, do it. Hit the merch link. Get stuff from TeePublic. You can get a mask. You can put a, a... endangered species on your mask and people will be like oh what's what does that mean are you making a joke about the fact that you might have covid so you're dying no i'm making a joke about an antelope they die get a mask and of course if you don't want to spend any money you can support us for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice be it apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify soundcloud wherever you get your podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend maybe a friend who uh is into japanese video websites or animals that die. Or the One or the other. Bugs. Two extremely common interests. Yeah. Honestly, probably. Yep. Probably. Uh, you can follow our show on the socials at Down With Talking and like our page on Facebook. And uh, yeah, we already did plugs, so that's it. Special thanks to the Honeythorns for letting us use our song Crack Apart as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. And this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Thanks again, Alex. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives. 
and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast.